0: Investing should be more like watching paint dry or watching grass grow. If you want excitement, take $800 and go to Las Vegas. Paul Samuelson.
1: Flight 229, you're clear for takeoff. Just like a flight plan, you have to know where you're going and how you will get there when you plan for retirement. Let Ryan Fleming help you chart out a course for your retirement with his intimate knowledge of financial planning and the airline industry. It's time for the Pilot's Advisor. Hello and welcome to the Pilot's Advisor. Walter Storeholt, alongside Ryan Fleming, Financial Advisor at Fleming Financial Group, serving you throughout the world with an office in Charleston, South Carolina. You can uh, check us out online by going to flemingfg.com. That's flemingfg.com. Ryan, what's going on, man? How are you?
0: Not a whole lot. Uh, Just celebrated my daughter's 10th birthday last night. Let me tell you, that's a little bit scary. The big one
1: zero. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. She's double digits, 10 going on 16. And it feels like yesterday we brought her home from the hospital.
1: (laughs) 10 going on 16. That's not a good sign. (laughs) No, it's not. No, it's not. (laughs) Oh, that's too funny. I remember my 10th birthday. I remember looking in the mirror going, man, you're a decade old, and it took so long to get here. It felt like it was going to take a million years to get to be 20 years old, because from zero to 10 took forever, and then, you know what, 10 to 20 happened real fast, and now I can say 20 to 30 happened even faster than that.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, they call it the toilet paper theory, and I think it's true. Like, you know, as you take more toilet paper from the roll, then it starts spinning faster faster and faster. faster. Yeah,
1: Yeah. I'd never heard that. Because I feel like that way. That's pretty good. Yeah, I feel that
0: way my... As I get older and older, I mean, the years just kind of click by. It's crazy.
1: Yeah, that's pretty cool. Well, on today's podcast, we're talking about that quote that you uh, mentioned at the start of the program today. Investing should be more like watching paint dry or watching grass grow. If you want excitement, take $800 and go to Las Vegas. This was from the uh, first American to win the Nobel Prize in economics, Paul Samuelson. Why did you want to highlight that quote today?
0: Well, I wanted to do it for a couple of reasons. Number one, everything we do at the Fleming Financial Group is based off of academics and Nobel Prize winning research. And, you know, a lot of guys want to do different things with real estate or get buy gold, sell gold, commodities, all these other, you know, biotechs or what have you. And the bottom line is if you look at long-term performance, it's not the way you should go. And so if you have a truly globally diversified portfolio, and you're unemotionally rebalancing it, it's kind of boring. And it's not as sexy as owning 10 houses and a new car and all this other stuff. But if the goal is long-term is to make the most money as possible and minimize your risk, it's the way to go.
1: So, I mean, that's kind of counter to what all of us, I think, tend to you know, gravitate toward mentally because we are emotional creatures and emotional beings, and we do like exciting things. This flies in the face of that. That's got to be difficult to implement for a lot of folks.
0: Well, it is. And if I could tell you all the stories of pilots that make a lot of money each year, but then they squander away what they could have saved on different business ventures or, you know, real estate opportunities, I could write a book. And I tell them that, you know, you have a great job. And I know this isn't as exciting as that, but if you just follow the system and keep being disciplined, putting money away, your retirement's going to be amazing. But that whole excitement, that wanting something a little bit more, Um, I don't know if it's, you know, you can tell your friends that you own this or own that, but I constantly deal with that. And another aspect where I really wanted to go with this show is just talking about, it's not just, you know, outside of real estate or, or investing in the market, but in the market, it is much more effective to passively invest versus having active management. And I wanted to talk about that a little bit because that's what big companies want you to do is have active management and all the data shows that if you're a passive investor, you're going to win.
1: Now, you're throwing out big terms. So take it down to the basics for us. Some may be familiar with what you've just talked about, but others, that's going to sound a bit like Greek. So active, passive, kind of break it down for us in, in the layman's terms.
0: Okay. I, I apologize for that. Active management would be more of you have a professional money manager that's running a Fidelity Mutual Fund, And he thinks that he can go out there and pick the best stocks, the best U.S. large cap stocks. So instead of owning the whole S&P 500 or the whole Russell 2000, he thinks that he can go out and choose 8 to 10 of the best stocks out there and outperform the market. When all the data tells you that that's not the way to go. And even Warren Buffett would say, own all those stocks, own that index and let it do its thing.
1: Versus passive. So, active, you're constantly having someone, it may not be you, but it may be someone you've basically hired, dabbling constantly in the portfolio and trading and actively managing everything that's happening in there.
0: Correct. And what they do is these big companies will have an active manager of a mutual fund and they'll constantly throughout the year be buying and selling different stocks and trying to guess or predict what's going to happen in the market, trying to outperform the market. And when in reality, Most of the time they can't and the investor gets passed on all those trades and the expense ratio within that mutual fund or how much that mutual fund costs the average investor increases and is higher than if you had a portfolio where they just bought 500 stocks and just kept them and held them for the long-term.
1: So every time you're making a trade or that active manager is doing something to that portfolio, you're kind of getting dinged with more and more costs going into having that in your plan.
0: Exactly, exactly, because all those costs get passed down. And another aspect of this is it becomes very inefficient. So if you had five or six different mutual funds and they're all actively trading like this, they're not talking to each other. So one guy's buying Apple, the other mutual fund's selling Apple, the net result to the investor is zero, but all those costs get passed on to the investor. So it becomes very, very inefficient. And so I ask investors all the time, I said, hey, are your mutual funds talking to each other? And they look at me with these weird eyes and, <laughs> and it's, a big, it's a big deal because it, it ultimately costs you money. I mean, literally these costs and this active management can decrease your performance by 2 to 3% per year.
1: Hmm. That's a relatively large ground to give up there, Ryan. I mean, that's a decent percentage.
0: Well, it makes me sick to my stomach, and that's why I'm in this business to try to help people. Dow Bar, which is a research group out of Boston, they study investor behavior and have been doing it for 30 to 40 years. And when they look at the market long term, the S&P 500 returns over 10%. But the average investor is taking home less than 4%. That makes me sick to my stomach. And there's reasons why.
1: So passive management there's just a lot less hands on is it easily classified as sort of a set it and forget it or is there still a lot of attention being paid to those accounts because I know that at least I hear a lot of marketing and information out there about how you you shouldn't just let it be a set it and forget it kind of plan you should make sure that you've you know got don't you want somebody looking at it and making sure that it's doing okay and not just kind of doing its own thing out there
0: Well there's a little bit of set and forget it but it's more about you have to engineer a portfolio to have the right uh, exposure to each asset class out there. And I know I'm getting a little bit in the weeds here, but what we're trying to eliminate is trying to time the market, trying to stock pick and do a lot of things that will ultimately cost the investor a lot of money before they even make any money from the performance. So if you're more of a passive investor, your expense ratios are a little lower. You don't have the trading costs and the more of the market that you own and of course this is no prize winning research again but the more of the market that you own markets are efficient and the more of the market that you own your performance is actually going to increase
1: so if somebody isn't sure whether they're currently you know investing in one of these two ways actively or passively is it possible folks don't even know kind of what strategy they are utilizing
0: most people don't know and half of what i do when i actually meet a prospect or you know or even talk to my clients i don't want to just say hey give me your money and let me check out your risk tolerance and i'm going to pick these mutual funds what i do is i actually dig into their portfolio and teach them and show them where the active management is so if anybody out there wants to talk to me i do something called a portfolio mri and i'll take their portfolio and i'll dig into each mutual fund. And I'll see not only what stocks they own, but how much turnover and, you know, the buying and selling there's been in that mutual fund over the past year, what the expense ratios are, what the exposure is to all these different asset classes. So I'll take all that data and I will literally walk them through and teach them what I'm talking about.
1: If you want to get a portfolio MRI, it's pretty easy to do so. You can call or text Ryan directly at 843-475-3038. That's 843-475-3038. Or you can find online the proper places to go to contact Ryan and get in touch and schedule that time to meet as well, FlemingFG.com, FlemingFG.com. And we'll put a link to that in the show notes of today's episode in the description. Just check that for a link there for FlemingFG.com. I uh, guess when people get this portfolio MRI, when you meet with them for the first time, Ryan, it turns into a fact-finding mission and kind of got to know where you are before you know where you need to go, right?
0: Well, exactly. And, And I use it as a teaching tool, but as my old football coach, Fisher DeBerry from the Air Force Academy, he used to say, 99 times out of 10, and let me back up, 99 times out of 10 after doing this portfolio MRI that prospect asks me to help them. Because not only do they understand some of the downfalls in their portfolio, but they have a better understanding of how to invest and how to do it to achieve true peace of mind because you know you're doing it in an academic way that doesn't have to try
1: to predict the market. Did you mean 99 times out of 100?
0: Nope. That's no. what I okay. said. Fisher DeBerry Fisher <laughs> used to say, 99 times out of 10. <laughs>
1: I'm doing. I'm going. I, oh, I think tell. I think he made a mistake. I think he meant 99 out of 100. No, you. That that's that was the legit quote. 99 out of 10. That's like a Yogi Berra quote right there. That's fantastic.
0: Oh, he has. We used to call him Deberryisms. Oh, because nice. He had so many little things he used to say, and all all the parents would be laughing, the players would be laughing, and, <laughs> but he got your attention. And so yes, 99 times out of 10. Oh, my
1: gosh. I love it. I'm looking forward to more DeBerry-isms on future Uh, podcasts. Make sure to include some of those, okay?
0: (laughs) Unfortunately, they're going to come out because, uh, you know, he's had a big impact on my life. And I know quite a few teammates that are running companies now that when they speak to their companies, they actually include a lot of the the lessons that Fisher
1: DeBerry taught
0: us, you know, many years ago.
1: So if there was one takeaway from today's show, it sounds like it would be that boring is beautiful, right?
0: Yeah. Boring is beautiful. Get an investment MRI. It will drastically change your view on investing and open up your eyes. And also to knowing that a lot of these big companies aren't working. They're not a fiduciary, meaning they're not legally obligated to act in your best interest like a financial advisor is. And so what I want to do is I want to show people what they're doing, how they're hurting you, or how they're not helping you with the way they want you to invest. And a good story on that that I wanted to share I just saw this this morning I was going on and I was trying to go to fidelity net benefits and what that is it's the login site for a lot of these airlines 401k plans so fidelity is the custodian of a lot of these 401k plans and so I I googled uh, fidelity net benefits and that actual site is like five or six links down because so many people are trying to go after investors going to that site, and the top one is a link that goes to five billionaire maker stocks that could be twenty-three times bigger than Netflix, mm-hmm. and it literally goes down and is trying to sell people on buying these stocks that are supposedly the next Netflix, the next Apple, you know, the next uh, Amazon, and it just—it's a scary, scary thing out there, and with so much online advertising and driving traffic now, I really fear for investors.
1: That's one of those cases where uh, there can just be so much misinformation out there and where having access to so much information ends up being a bit of a detriment trying to uh, you know, navigate all of those waters. It can be tough for people to kind of figure out all the right moves, Ryan.
0: Well, Walter, you know everything on the internet out there is true.
1: Uh, Exactly. Yes. 99 out of 10 10 times it is, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, and that's what's scary is most of the information out there is not teaching people how to invest properly. It's actually teaching them how to speculate and gamble with their money.
1: And we know that uh, that's how you can get the Las Vegas as their beginning quote detailed today. That's how you can get that excitement maybe taking that route, the Las Vegas uh, kind of mentality. But we know that passive investing, as you've outlined for us, is boring and spectacular because of the benefits that it brings. Again, if you want to get that portfolio MRI that Ryan talked about on today's podcast, you can call or text 843-475-3038. Find out what kind of investing you're doing right now. Are you doing active? Are you doing passive? Are you taking advantage of the best strategies for your situation you'll get answers to those kinds of questions find out where you are and where you need to be in the future call or text 843 475 3038 or you can find Ryan online as well at flemingfg.com that's flemingfg.com it's getting to know you time hey. Time to get to know Ryan Fleming a little bit better on today's program. It's important for us to get to know you when you come in for a first appointment or your portfolio MRI. Ryan's going to want to get to know you in depth and learn about your goals, dreams, and wants and those kinds of things so he can put together a great plan for you. But you should also know a little bit more about your financial advisor. And so we ask Ryan kind of random off the wall questions every once in a while here on the podcast so you can get to know his personality a little bit better. A good question for you this week, Ryan, just looking ahead to this year, what's uh, something unique or interesting that you've kind of got planned and are looking forward to?
0: Well, I guess the thing on my plate right now that I'm kind of dealing with is evidently in my free time, I like to officiate weddings.
1: Officiate weddings? Really?
0: Yeah, I, did. I didn't know that I would ever do that, and that was not something that I saw being in my future. <laughs> However, <laughs> I'm an ordained minister in the state of Florida now. The story is, I have a very, very good friend that I uh, that I met at the Air Force Academy many years ago. He ended up leaving the academy, played football at the University of Louisville, and he's an orthopedic surgeon now with the University of Florida. Wow. So he's done very well with his career, but you know, a lot of schooling and everything else. He's probably one of the last ones. To get married, and he's getting married, and I got a call a couple months back, and he asked me of all people to uh, officiate his wedding. <laughs> wow! And uh, uh, you know, I was very honored, but it's a lot of pressure. I didn't realize how much
1: pressure that would be. So you had to go get ordained in order to do this. There yeah, wasn't this something was not you just something already that, you just that, already had this in the back of your pocket, right? <laughs> no, no, this is
0: not something I do in my spare time at all. <laughs> and, and when he asked me at first, I actually thought he was joking. So what's, uh, what's more honorable with Mike in front of my in front of my you know, family and friends and to marry, you know, me to the woman of, you know, my, for the rest of my life. But.
1: Is this like next level best man? Like, OK, being the best man is one thing, but then being asked to officiate the wedding is just like a total next level friendship at that point. Right.
0: I guess so. I mean, you know, we've kept in touch. We definitely have a great bond and he has a brother who is his best man. So I guess this is where I fill in.
1: That's pretty cool. So uh, do you have plans to do more of these in the future now that you, you're going to get one under your belt?
0: No, I, I think this will probably be the only one, but <laughs> you know how life is. It's pretty unpredictable. So uh, much like the stock market, this may or may not be my first wedding that I officiate. The or my um, last one,
1: the uh, was it was just like an online, you know, one afternoon took you to take like a class or a questionnaire kind of thing.
0: Well, Walter, unfortunately, if you pay a little bit of money, you can pretty much be anything you want to be today. Um.
1: (laughs) So it didn't even take uh, – was it less than like – if you want to go like ride a jet ski at some places, you've got to take like a little five-minute course to make sure you don't run into the other jet skis. Was it easier than that?
0: Yes, it was. It was literally (laughs) filling out an application and sending some money. And I got a diploma and everything else. And, of course, you know, I've got some emails from the said church that has ordained me now. But, yeah, it was that easy. Oh, wow. That's pretty funny. Different, But but, but don't tell anybody that. I want everybody to think that I studied for, you know, five to six months to make this happen.
1: That's right. So where are you going to pull your, uh, you know, all your traditions and things like that from? You know, are they going to do their own vows? Are you going to pull them from a certain—because there's a lot of different traditions and moving parts that go into the wedding. And I would imagine you've got— some choices or need to lead them through that, that conversation, right?
0: Yeah. And actually, you know, they've left a lot of latitude because they want it to be simple and they, they actually just, that's why they picked me is they wanted to be light and simple and not too overly religious. So, so that's all well and good, but it does put a lot of pressure on me. And uh, all I can say is I'm going to do my best.
1: I worked with a, um, at a radio station when I first got out of college and, We ran a promotion where the big morning show guy at the time, you could be married by him. It was, you know, the radio station would pay for the wedding, but he would officiate the wedding and it got and we broadcasted it live on the air, the wedding, which I still think to this day made for some pretty boring radio broadcasting a wedding live on the radio of two random strangers. But in any event, it was kind of a fun promotion. And he, he did the same thing, he had to get, you know, ordained and did the wedding. I think now he's been asked to do two or three more since then. So be on the lookout. You might be getting asked again here in the future.
0: <laughs> That's
1: scary. We'll see how the first one goes. How about that?
0: Yeah, I'll get back to you guys in a couple weeks and let you know how how it goes. It might be a total disaster, but I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to do my best.
1: Awesome. Well, there you go. You heard the advertisement right here on the uh, Pilots Advisor podcast first. If you need a pilot who has also been ordained and can officiate your wedding, boom, Ryan is your man. And uh, hey, you could just perform those any, can you perform them anywhere in the world or are you specific to Florida at this point?
0: Well, I'm only ordained in Florida, but after my experience, I think I could probably uh, be ordained anywhere within like five to ten minutes. There's uh, got to be a worldwide license you can get.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's fantastic. Well, there you go. More coming up on the podcast. Stay with us. That's getting to know Ryan Fleming a little bit better. Good luck officiating the wedding, man. Looking forward to that.
0: Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. time for another
1: question from the cockpit and i've got a question here from mike in california for you ryan by the way if you want to submit a question to be featured on the show you can do that on FlemingFG.com. just look for the contact button mike says we're about to sell our house and move to a smaller one so that we won't have so much home and yard to maintain as we get older we'll end up with about two hundred thousand dollars from the sale of our current house and we don't need it for retirement so i don't know if we should invest it or just leave it in the bank does it matter?
0: Well, Mike, this is a great question. And a lot of pilots as they're nearing retirement are looking at downsizing or consolidating or getting their finances in order, which I recommend you doing all the time, not just pre-retirement. But the big factor here is what is his goals? Because um, there's, there's a lot of things in this question. You know, If the life goal is you don't need this for retirement, are we looking to pass on some of this money to our children? What's the most tax efficient way of doing that? Thankfully, this money is going to come from a house that you lived in. So that's $200,000 that is tax-free from capital gains, which we like. It's called the homestead exemption. Uh, If you don't know about that, reach out and I can tell you about that. If you have rental properties out there, this is a good way to uh, not have to pay the government if you want to move into each one of those. But more specifically, I would look at this as a question of, okay, if we wanted to pass it on to our children then we really need to look at the time horizon for this money versus what this, this individual's age is, you know, going into retirement. And I would recommend that they invest it and probably be a, a little bit more aggressive with it so it can continue to grow and they can pass it on to their children. A lot of individuals, even though they're not gonna use the money in retirement, will have, you know, let's say they have $500,000 saved up that they're not gonna use at all, but yet it's sitting in all bonds, not growing you know, and they want to give it to their children. Well, that's not really an efficient way to grow your money to pass on to your children when you don't even need the money. There's no time horizon for it at all. You can take on a little bit more risk. So I see that a lot. I see that a lot where people, because of their age, are being very, very conservative with their money when really if their goals are to grow it for their children or to pass it on to future generations, then you should probably be investing in a different way.
1: So many um, different people, I think, are probably out there scratching their heads going, you know, what a great position to be in, $200,000 in your pocket that you don't need. You know, it's it just screams opportunity and not so much does it matter. And I'm not picking on you, Mike. It's just, a, you know, I think that's a, it's all through the perspective and the lens through which you view these kinds of things.
0: Well, and the answer for me, at least, but everyone's different, you know, and that's why I bring it back to the goals. Maybe the answer is to go buy that DeLorean you've always wanted or that new Corvette. Or go buy that personal plane, but you're not going to get that answer out of me.
1: <laughs> a Delorean, really? Is that uh, is that, is that high, high on people's lists?
0: <laughs> Who knows? Most of the time, it's a personal airplane. I see that a go. lot, where you know they want to purchase that personal airplane so they can fly in retirement. And unfortunately, and I, I stress to all you guys, if you're going to get into general aviation and you're going to get your own airplane, I know you've been flying airplanes your whole life, but there's too many times. And we hear about them every year where somebody that we know has, you know, killed himself or a member of his family in a general aviation accident. So please make sure you maintain your airplanes and do not fly in weather.
1: So that's my pitch on that. That's a good point. A lot more to it than just uh, the flying element when all the responsibility shifts to you, right?
0: Well, and it's just so sad. And like, as you can tell, there's been some personal instances with this, but someone that's worked so hard their whole life to provide for their family you know 30 years at a company they have the ability to go out and get these toys or extra things and you know they've been looking forward to retirement this whole time and some small you know decision-making errors can drastically change everyone's future
1: yeah, that's a really good point And something that we can certainly all remember. Mike, hopefully that information is helpful for you as you try to kind of gauge what to do with that $200,000 that you're going to end up with the sale of your current home and think about some of the uses for those funds, how to best position them in your portfolio. Always helps whenever you're going through a situation like that to get a review of your financial plan. And if you want to set up time to meet for that review, whether it be uh, if you happen to be coming through the Charleston area, you want to meet in an airport somewhere around the world, you can compare schedules find a time to chat with ryan about your financial plan or of course do it you know over the phone or online easy to meet these days thankfully with technology call or text ryan to start a conversation at 843-475-3038 843-475-3038 or online at flemingfg.com ryan thanks for all your help on the podcast today and we'll look forward to another show soon always a lot of fun and to all you pilots
0: out there fly safe keep the shiny side down